0: Gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, children of all ages, I introduce you the future legend. He is the host of Let's Talk Podcast. The one, the only, I introduce you, FOLLUP! So it, it's all good, man. But anyways, um, right, let's let's get started, man. Uh, hold on one second. We'll quit. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Phillip. This is episode number 210. And today we're going to talk about professional wrestling. And today I have two guests joining me. The first guest makes his Let's Talk Podcast wrestle. Uh, let's Talk Podcast, which he wrestled for the AWF. And also, he's one half the titan of Viral Production,
1: Akel. Welcome to the show, man. What's going on, people? Let's go viral, everybody. It's good to be on the Let's Talk podcast. Let's do this. Let's talk. Let's bust it out. Let's have some fun.
0: Definitely, definitely, man. And also, my second guest, who is no stranger to this podcast, Mickey's return, Fergus Ferguson. Welcome back to the show, man.
2: Thanks for having me. for what seems like the... uh... Eleventh millionth time. It's good to be back as always.
0: <laughs> you know, I need to keep track of the statistic with uh, how many appear on my podcast, and I think you're a lead, maybe lead in standings, standings regarding the most appearance on my podcast. While Eko make his debut, <laughs> make his debut wow. on this podcast. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. this with a veteran today, man. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. It's all about rainies, man. <laughs> you know how it is. It's all about rainies. I feel you.
2: I feel <laughs> you, <ya>, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, the first question I want to start asking you, Akl, is when did you start to become a
1: professional wrestling fan? Man, when do I start? You know, I think I think for most people, when anyone sees professional wrestling, for the first time, especially in, like, a child, like, with a child mind, you know what I mean? When you first Sit down and you observe it. You realise that you know you're already hooked. You're already a fan. The characters, the colours, the people, the stories—it's it's it's all. It's one of those things that even when you grow older, man, you start to—if you you grow out of it a little bit and you start to go, oh, you start to hear the chatter and people go, oh, you know, it's a bit—it's not really—it's not completely real. Like you know, it's kind of scripted. You still sit there and you go, yeah, but I want to see what happens to Eddie Guerrero when he gets like when he gets custody of his son back in a ladder match, you know? So at the end of the day, um, the wrestling is going to draw it straight in from the beginning. And for me, it started when I was about six years old. And ever since then, I've always wanted to do it for the rest of my life. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. And is there anything you want to add, uh, Fergus?
2: No. I'll Just hang in the background. If you like, I'll, I'll, um I'll pitch him and have something to say.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sound good. Sound good. And – and then go now let me ask you both how you two meet from maybe from the wrestling promotion in awf or maybe you know each other for a long time
1: i'll let ferg take this one okay
2: Now, so about awf sir. So i originally trained for awf all the way back in 2010 completed my training and then life went way. i moved to a different state actually so anyway i came back started wrestling somewhere else and then years down the line um hit up tnt who uh trained us both to wrestle he trained quite a lot of people in australia to wrestle oh. so i got booked on an awf show and um met akl there
0: oh
2: okay okay
0: okay is there anything you want
1: to add uh akl yeah man well so like pretty much again like when you like for me like when i uh first started i obviously so i trained with tnt when i was like a 12 tnt is almost like or Greg Bounds, he's no, he's he's the godfather of Australian wrestling in in many ways, especially for the late for the twenty first century. You know, mm-hmm. starting in nineteen ninety nine, pretty much he just trained heaps of us. But he trained um, he trained me when I was twelve, and then I came sort of uh, came back around when I was about twenty four because I was like working a dead end job, and I was like, man, I just want to go out and have some fun in some spandex and stuff. So pretty much, yeah, I I, I got in the AWF locker room. I didn't really know what I was doing I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just sort of winging it, you know. I was like, oh I'm so nervous and you know, Ferg was one of the first kind of guys, you know, veterans in the locker room to sort of come up and, you know, talk to me and just sort of see what I was doing and really help me out with that sort of, you know, formative process as a pro wrestler. So um yeah, I mean he's sort of taken me under my wing a bit in terms of like, you know, especially online interaction. He was the first one to put me on his podcast and sort of give me a bit of an outlet. So yeah, I'm appreciative of that. Ferg was pretty much, yeah, one of my sort of first little, you know, I guess mentors in a way.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And, you know,
2: let me now.
0: I remember. So when- quickly,
2: I will add. It's been, I think, a year, and one day since I had my match with Shainsaw, which I think the day we met. And not to put myself over, but we had an incredible match. A lot of that's due to Shainsaw. We had an Anything Goes match, which um, is probably one of my favorite matches I've ever had.
0: That's oh, a cool match. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Okay.
2: And now
0: let me ask you this. And I know, I, I think I told Fergus this before a while back. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I've been a wrestling fan for, for a long time. And I remember I used to pretend that I was a wrestler with my friends, like pretend I'm Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior, you know, so on. And then we wrestle each <laughs> other. <laughs> this and that. I mean, have you do a drop kick in the backyard before? <laughs> It's it's fun, <laughs> but the landing part not so much, not so much of the landing part. Now let me ask you this, Ekel: Have you when you've decided you decide you want to become a professional wrestler, do you pretend that you're a, you wrestle with your friends, or your brother, or even
1: your brothers or sister, or whatever? Um, well, yeah, I saw I was an only child, um, which is you know a bit lonely sometimes. But I had a mate named Tom, and Tom was like my best friend since I was like. You know, probably about five years old, since when I really first got into wrestling. And poor Tom, unfortunately, he's uh, he was about fifty kilos, you know, at, at max. So uh, he was the perfect well, fifty kilos. What's that in pounds? I don't know, 100, 110 or something. But yeah, he uh, <laughs> he was the perfect throw around uh for uh, for me when I was a kid. So <laughs> poor guy, you'd always get you'd always get the choke slams, the attitude adjustments, all all the cool moves. But, uh, yeah, I, I used to love doing that, man. That was, like, that was real big for me, man.
2: Yeah. What
1: about you, Fergus?
2: Yeah, I'm the same. I have uh, many siblings. Um, my brothers, Jasper and Tully, probably uh, got it the worst. Every time it's my brother's – my birthday, my brother Tully would be like, oh, happy birthday. Thank you for suplexing me off the trampoline years ago. I'm like, my bad, man. You should have learned how to bump inside the trampoline. But, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. i i i remember i was using one of my beds i use it you know like a like a top rope and then try to jump it with my friend and then boom i got an accident pushed my head open well that was fun <laughs> no stitches or anything and that was when i was seven no 10 11 year old maybe <laughs> I, was yeah, a, yeah, well. I was a wild kid <laughs> <laughs> and, you know it did, did your parents, like, tell you, don't wrestle with your friends? Because my parents does. What about you, man?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, my parents were a bit, like, cautious. But, obviously, like, for the most part, it's, like, I think they I think they realize for, like, you know, for the most part how much wrestling, you know, captures a child's imagination, man. So, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of the times, yeah, yeah, you can end up, like, I mean, I haven't had any serious injuries when I was a kid, thankfully. But, you know, I did used to wrestle... Uh, with my cousin on a trampoline and I tried to hit a, tried to hit a swanton bomb off the roof. And, uh, yeah, I sort of landed on the, on the metal frame. Mm-hmm. Thankfully I was fine, but I mean like, yeah, the parents were parents after that one, they were like, no more. So I just had to kind of do it in secret after that.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about you, Fergus?
2: Yeah, pretty much the same. We got to a point of, like, stop throwing your brothers off trampolines and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> remember my mom always said, oh, like, how would you like if someone that was, like, big and they started throwing you around and stuff? And then I got into pro wrestling, and that's basically what happens, and I enjoy it, so. Yeah. Now, Ako,
0: when you start watching – the first time you start watching professional wrestling, do you remember what's your favorite first match you
1: have watched? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I actually watched it last night because um, I – I used to. I started in two thousand four, so like the roof was like aggression era, which is like you know Eddie and Kurt Angle and stuff like that, people like that. But the first I used to, I went back and backdated and got all the DVDs. So my my still to my favorite match like of all time these days, just because of the child, just because I was a kid when I watched it, just because the influence. Uh, triple threat match, Vengeance two thousand and two was The Rock, Kurt Angle, and The Undertaker. It was a oh. nuts match, man. They were all hitting their finishes on each other, and it was just so, so entertaining, man. So that that's my favorite match, Vengeance 2002. I reckon it's the best. That's match. incredible match.
2: Thanks, <laughs> man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Uh, is there anything you want to add, Fergus?
2: No, I just said that match was great. That was it.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, who who's your favorite wrestler, Well,
1: Who oh, today? Um. Um of all time, I mean, in terms of influence, I mean probably like Kurt angle's always been that guy up there, like that good okay. heel. Like that good heel and good good athlete too. Yeah. Like good good athlete and always prepared to take the big bumps and especially in that area he was a bit of a um in that formative era where I watched it, he was like always ready to take the huge bumps and he was sort of like on a and unfortunately, he was on a bit of a like a pain pill addiction at that point. So he was just yeah. sending it just constantly, just doing crazy stuff. But yeah. just really tremendous athlete and probably the quickest adapter in professional wrestling, in my opinion. One of them, for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. In the words of Kurt Ingle, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> I have to. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, have you been into any wrestling live events? Uh
1: yeah i i have so i've been to um thankfully because my dad uh my dad was a milkman and he sold his business uh around 2010 and he always wanted to go overseas he was a big wrestling fan too so we went to uh wrestlemania 28 29 30 and 32 he just got the bug man he just wanted to go and i was like yeah of course i'm not gonna not gonna say no to wrestlemania so we went to those and then uh I've been to a few WWE live events when they came out in Sydney and stuff, and then yeah. I went to uh, Road to New Beginning in the uh, in Osaka in the the pre- pre- prefecture hall. Um, saw like a Switchblade Jay White, who's a New Zealand oh. wrestler. He won the title mm. um, that night, but he only held it for a month. But you know, at least he had it for that night.
0: Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. And, and let me ask you both: um, How often did WWE go live events in Australia?
2: Oh, like so once a year, yeah. It's what it used to be like um, twice a year, and then mm-hmm. they do more venues now. It's just well, before COVID, it was basically once a year, but they haven't been down here just because up until recently, it's obviously a pain to travel down here and stuff. But it'd only just be once a year, and they do like um, three shows in a row. I don't know how they did it because they do like Thursday, Friday, Saturday wrestle, travel back on the Sunday because of the time difference. Mm-hmm. You'll it'll it'll work out for you and yeah. then go back and do monday night raw i'm like how are you not just incredibly tired and sore because at oh. minimum it's a 13 hours flight from la yeah. to los angeles that's just to get to los angeles you might be wrestling in like new york city it's another like hours long flight on top of it so yeah imagine that uh that tour they do it's grueling so they're like i can see why they're like yeah we'll just do it once a year yeah, yeah. Okay. well i mean like to like but their schedule is insane. Like
1: they're literally wrestling on negative time. Like they're, they're time traveling to get back and wrestle faster. Like
0: it's ridiculous. Yeah. it is. I mean, I could imagine the, drinking all these caffeine, to keep yourself awake you with know, all that energy and stuff, you know, celebrate <laughs> different uh states or countries. You know, it's that's a long, long flight, 13, like a tired day or night, man. But you know, and, america Caroline, I don't like your not the same. Airmark Carolines. <laughs> I, I have to, man. I have to, man. But anyways, now, let me ask you this echo. When you first trained become a professional wrestling, what do you remember what's when you first take a bump? Did did you what's your were your nervous when you first trained to become a professional wrestler? What's like when you start, you know, learning the ropes, taking bumps and stuff?
1: Yeah, man. Well, when anyone tells you to just slam yourself straight down to a mat like that with with not much protection, you know, really just a small, small underlay and like, you know, uh, wooden beams and steel. When they tell you to slam on your back for the first time, you're like, what? This is incredible. I'm just going to like punish myself. It's like, (laughs) it's like, you know, I don't even, I'm not even that kinky of a person. So I didn't really want to punish myself that much. Uh but you know, when you first get into it, it's um it's hard, but then you start taking that bump and then it kind of becomes second nature. But yeah, hell yeah. I think everyone's a bit nervous when they first start.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Fergus? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a lot of it, it's just awkward. Remember the first time um we were training and the uh wrestler Crackerjack was there. So most people live in um Victoria would know him, and we had to take a clothesline for the first time. And naturally someone's running at you about it to clothesline you like I ducked and like moved out of the way, and they're like, "What are you doing?" It, it's pro wrestling. It just felt really awkward to just stand there, let someone just run full force into you, and then bump to the mat. So getting used to that, just mentally, the first few times was uh, quite different. Okay, okay. I, I was wondering, and I was, I wanted to ask this
0: question for quite some time. When when you for, when you run the ropes, what does it feel? Does it hurt when you run the ropes, especially maybe your first time running the ropes in the ring?
1: Does, what does it feels like? Um, yeah, it's, it's a uh, very, I mean, for the most part, like it's not, they're not the most, they're not the nicest, they're not the most forgiving things in the world. I think, you know, obviously it depends on some kind of you know, the type of ropes and obviously they range different from different companies, different rings, but like, yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things where like, I remember coming home from the first couple of training sessions and like having like, you know, a bit of a, like a soreness up my back and then, you know, the middle of the back sort of just cause you're bouncing off it all the time, but you really get used to it. It's something, again, it's it's like everything else in wrestling. It's so, it's so much down to conditioning, I feel, you know, like conditioning yourself to that sort of little pain or that little, like, you know, you know, uh, just that little force that's against you when you're, when you're running off the ropes.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: What what about you, uh, Fergus? Yeah, it's just so many little things like you have to think about and stuff that could like affect your match majorly. Like you'll see, some people that might have been trained properly and they don't hold the ropes when they run and then the ropes can snap and you almost end up getting a broken neck. So you see people hold on to the ropes or you'll see this a lot. <laughs> Fans will get invited to the ring or something. They'll go to get into the ring and they'll fall over face first. This happened to me luckily only in a training match. Like get tagged in, go to do the hot tag. Left foot's in, right foot goes, to go caught in the second rope. Just splat. So there's so many little things you don't think about in a match but you got to pay attention to because that could backfly majorly. So little things like running the ropes, getting in the ring, things like that. Okay. Yeah, Dan.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, – that's, yeah. uh, Now, let me ask you this. Um, when What is the biggest bump that you had to take that actually knocked the wind out of you or that hurts you? What's the biggest bump
1: that you have to take? Uh, let's start with you, AK um in a in a match, I'm trying to think like I took like I definitely i mean not not necessarily knocked the wind out of me, but there was a one time like I got a bit carried away and I usually I hit this move uh it's a uh, something that Alberto del Rio used to do where you put you you put your knees up to the arm and then you sort of like bring the arm down and like sort of wrench it across the knee so it's sort of like it's meant to like debilitate the opponent's arm so it comes through. But then basically what I do is I'm jumping like a maniac to try and like, to try and actually reach his, like, you know, to put my knees on his arm and like pull it down. Uh, and I, I basically went to, uh, this is against torture and trauma. Uh, with my second match, I, um, dive up. I was like, I got, I got some awesome height and I was really impressed with the height, but then basically I, uh, yeah, I just over rotated, landed straight on my head. Uh, and then sort of like, I felt my neck kind of like crack really bad. I think that was the, one of the scariest moments in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: well. Oh, uh, okay. What about you, Fergus? So I've taken some pretty big bumps. Whoever the people were like professionals. they went to plan my fourth ever match. I was like a five on five, like a Survivor series style match. I took a superplex to the outside of the rings, a group of people and they, they caught me. So that was a uh, pretty intense for my fourth ever match. If I'm counting that correctly. <laughs> And then um, I've been incredibly lucky with injury. I made my debut in 2014, so that's almost eight years ago. I've never had any serious injuries, injuries requiring surgery. So I'm very blessed that way because I know people that aren't even 25 yet had to retire. But the worst injury I've had, it was um, a match where the finish was I was to be knocked out. That was the finish, right? So anyway, the, the, I get legitimately knocked out. I got kneed in the head. The person is cool. super apologetic. They just missed. I'm lying there, legitimately knocked out. The referee knows that's the finish, so he's not checking on me at all. And I'm still getting like, hit. I'm only saying because I've seen the footage. Obviously, I didn't know for a short period of time because I was unconscious. So it was just a, a weird feeling of um, just a gap in the match that wasn't there. It was like, because you're watching the match, I kind of put my hand up to be like, you know, wait a minute, time out. It's, like, it's a wrestling match, but I was concussed. I didn't know what was going on. So that was probably the scariest thing that's happened in the match is being concussed and then coming back conscious. Like what just happened? I feel like I just skipped a moment in time. Yeah. It's
1: very scary being knocked out in general. I mean, like, especially in front of a live crowd, I can imagine like, it'd be kind of like not this weird feeling of like vulnerability I can imagine would have been there. Like, you know, like I've, I've been like knocked out in front of mates before and mm-hmm. that kind of feeling when like you, when you are knocked out, you sort of come back and you sort of start dreaming. You started. start to think it's a new day you don't know what time it is it's like you know very scary man so i couldn't imagine that dude it's nuts
0: yeah and
1: i want you to tell
0: people who listen to this and they're and you know i used to i have a cousin he's not a wrestling fan or anything like that but he thinks you know he thinks the ring he thinks the ring's made of trampoline okay, definitely <laughs> <The trampoline laughs> underneath the mat, underneath the mat, which, you know, that's not true because I've seen it in the, which I can stay, when I went to a the live events. I stay after the they take out the ring, whatever, or anything. Can you tell listener what's underneath the that mat, under the ring? That's not, is it a trampoline made a room or whatever? Let's go ahead. Any, anyone of you
1: can answer it. Yeah, um. Yeah, so like I mean, like I've so I used to have a friend in school that would always tell me that as well, mm-hmm. and I'd always have these, these these stupidly long debates like this like why did I have to debate this for so long because I just just left him in his ignorance. But like yeah, you know, sorry, I end of the day, completely like, I cut off just then, explained. so I'll just
2: interrupt and say it's mostly wood and canvas. Trust me, it isn't soft. Some part of me just wishes it was a trampoline because the amount of injuries and just soreness you get, and even deaths that happen in professional wrestling that match. That mat, I should say, is not soft whatsoever. So I have no idea how people get this idea of it being trampoline without being just completely ignorant. Injure- uh, ignorant because there's been countless injuries. People have been paralyzed seeing the mat, things like that. So I think it makes it more than obvious that it's not a trampoline. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It- was there ever a moment where you thought it was a trampoline, Ferg? Hello, uh, Fergus.
0: Uh oh. Fergus can you hear me i uh, think i'm not sure
1: yeah anyway yeah but yeah anyway I was long long debates with this guy like i just like you know like and i know and i was like you know there's, there's no way like it was just, just annoying and it just sort of uh you know i think people expect expect you know it's very wrestling is very real and it's very it's it's very you know claimed to be fake you know and that's the thing is when people People can't comprehend that we're just sort of landing on, like, wood or, like, beams or, like, anything else. And it's just – I think it's just more than anything, it's its its kind of uh, it's a testament to, you know, a lot of people that, that do that, especially day in, day out. You know, they can – people just can't possibly believe that they're, they're doing that to their bodies. But, yeah, they are. So, if anything, it's a compliment.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, first off, we lost Fergus Ferguson. And give me a second. I'll try to – Bring him back with this link, and I can get the link. Oh, that's that's not good. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry about well. that, man. Let me, let me uh, yeah, right. Hold on one second. All
1: right, Well, that was. we I... can. Do you want to just uh, we'll do like like pause it all here, and then when we get Fergus, we'll start it up again.
0: Um, me give me. Uh, okay, I think I got it. I got it. Okay, never mind. I got. I, I'm gonna send the link. I finally. Okay, there we go. Okay, I already sent the send the link. So. Um, you should be rejoining soon, but we'll go ahead uh continue this, uh, continue this, and then once you join, we'll you know, whatever. <laughs> but, anyways, right now, on. yeah, now, some a lot of people, you know, I have some family members who say wrestling is fake, this and that, whatever. And while I've learned how the professional wrestling works or anything like that, I, the way I feel it, I feel it's not fake, but it's scripted. But whatever they take bumps or whatever it's real. Um, if that makes any sense, what do you think? Um, Berg, can you hear me?
1: Oh, I'll just, I'll, 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 well, I'll, um, pretty much just like for that part. I mean, I guess, you know, for those people, I mean, you've got to sort of leave them in that, in that sort of world of belief. I think the, the, the art of wrestling in a lot of ways is, you know, when people go to a show and like they go, Oh, it's just fake, you know what I mean? I, I think when they when they when they go and they experience something like that and then and then they, they have that, that thought process and they start going to a show and they go, Oh, that must have hurt. Like I was at a show the other night and um my mate, uh, he wrestles under the name Mikey Lord, we uh we were in a position where like the whole show we we're putting on like a little fun show for this mexican restaurant so it's a mexican restaurant that also had wrestling which is how, how cool is that like you know what i mean first of all but there's a lot of kids there and a lot of the kids are saying oh yeah but that doesn't hurt this is fake whatever and then we got to the main event and then this guy, uh, mikey lord he takes the craziest bumps out there like he'd fly off a ladder and then he'd nut himself on the top rope he'd he just like lands straight on the ladder. He'd do a back body drop onto the ladder, get suplexed onto a ladder. It's just a maniac, man. And then when people saw that, they were like, it was actually a good thing to have as the main event because people walked out of that show respecting it a lot more because they were like, wow, all right, you guys, you guys actually do this. You guys actually hurt yourself. And I, I don't think, I don't think people really realized that until sort of that sort of thing came on, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, it was, Sometimes wrestling's got to do that. Sometimes wrestling's got to trick up people and go, oh, wow, this is actually real. And it's kind of a, you know, it's um, it's one of those things where it makes everything feel like, you know, a bit more authentic. Yeah, it is. It so, yeah, is. And
0: yeah um, Fergus, I don't know if you got that question, but I was asking, um, there are people, and I, I have some family members who say wrestling's fake, this and that, whatever, you know, and, and when I've learned more about how the professional wrestling business works or anything like that i don't i don't feel it as fake my my few of things regarding professional wrestling I, it's not fake but it's scripted but when wrestlers superstar perform or i should say performers who take bumps that's actually will they you know they're we've seen injury this and that you know before in the past what what do you think first
2: uh, firstly, I'd just say with Mikey Lord, these are really fun to watch. I went to uh, a show just as a fan. I brought my friend with me, uh, and Mikey Lord. Like I really enjoy watching because you never know what's going to happen in a match. If you know the know the card, what's happening? Like it's just basically it's just you know. There's going to be some insane spots. Put it that way. But you legitimately have no idea what's going to happen. It makes it highly and Mikey Lord highly entertaining to watch. Secondly, I've said this analogy before. But I think if it's best, there's this book the giver it's also a movie so um all the people in the giver they can only see in black and white they have no emotions and stuff and then one day the character jonas goes out and he sees color for the first time anyway he goes back to his town all well, the people are seeing black and white and he's desperately trying to explain what color is to this person sees in black and white and he just like how do you explain that what that is to someone that sees in black and light, like trying to describe color? And it's just like that with pro wrestling. I feel like you either get it, you can see it, or, or you don't. Like no explanation will do, or people just get it instantly. So like I've tried and tried, but some people they just they they just can't see the color. Yeah. Gotcha. I, gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And is there anything you want to add, to Echo?
1: <clears throat> I mean, no, nah, yeah, that's that's Perfect. That's a perfect ball on it, man. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Now, let me ask you two this question. Now, when you're doing going to the show wrestling or whatever, and we, in WWE, I'm sure the wrestler will tell the story behind cool start like pulling pranks against each other. This, that. Did anyone pull a prank against you two when you were starting doing the professional wrestling, especially when your guy's maybe a rookie? Yeah. So, go ahead,
2: uh,
1: Aiko. Sorry, sorry, what did you sorry, what was the question again, man? I kind of found it a bit hard to understand.
2: If anyone uh, pulled any pranks on you when, especially when you're a rookie.
1: Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh yeah, yeah, a lot, man. A lot. Uh there's people that like me and uh me, and at least the, the guys that I sort of ride with now, they kind of we always like trick each other out. We pretend it's pretty, pretty savage actually. We <laughs> pretend we pretend they're on the show and like the show's starting in like an hour. So, like, even if I'm at a show and I'm booked somewhere, I'll, like, hit up Mikey or, like, uh or Mickey Vendetta, and I'll say, like, <laughs> I'll be like, you know, oh, dude, you meant to be on this show. I, I confirmed with uh, the promoter not long ago, and then they just, like, they, they're they about to get in their car, and then I'm just like, yeah, sorry, bro, you're not on the show. <laughs> just stupid stuff like that. <laughs> stupid stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Okay. What about you, Fergus? Uh No, I didn't have anyone... uh prank me or anything but my first ever match and experience on the show i thought i was being ribbed so this is my first ever match i'm wrestling the promoter who's re- promoting his first ever show It's a million other things to do so i'm told one result and then i get in there on the day like oh the result of this match changed by the way can you interview in the uh the main event match we need you to do something and, and don't stuff it up i'm like is this a rib this is like my first ever time on a show they're like no this is what we need you to do if you're not comfortable do it like let us know but you need to do this i'm like yeah no pressure or anything this is my first time in front of a like a live crowd wrestling but sure <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> now let me, let me ask you this we're performing for a little crowd uh found the crowd is there any of blair's moments that you've done when you perform in a ring like oh crap if you feel like you feel embarrassment fairly i don't know you feel embarrassed that you may maybe you might be messed up You messed up the moves or messed up that spot or whatever or you feel
1: i don't know feel you know you got embarrassed you i'll
2: like let it first then i'll let it
1: go ahead oh yeah that's good man because i got a lot of content on this one i uh i got a lot of content on this one i mean i think you know for anyone especially in sort of my I'm sort of like a formative sort of still in my formative stages like I'm I'm green as grass man like when when it comes to this stuff but um you know for me like I was uh every match I would have I got into a habit of coming back and just being like just straight depressed like so depressed afterwards because I'd always think oh did, did the audience know if I stuffed up this little bit or oh, did I not get enough height on this, or do I look terrible, or stuff like that, so I definitely, I'm one of those people, and I think it's case-to-case basis, I suffer from a bit of imposter syndrome, where I kind of like, you know, do, like, I'll do something, you know, grand, I'll get like a, I'll get an okay reaction, you know what I mean, I'll go out there, sort of do that whole match, and then, you know, I'll get back, and I'll be like, who am I, like, you know what I mean, so I think people have different journeys when it comes to their art and whatnot like I think people um finish a piece of art or you know a wrestling match you know whatever it is I mean you can't call my wrestling matches art yet I mean I'm (laughs) I'm still very (laughs) very young but uh and and not that great but uh um I get to the point where I always like am down on myself and embarrassed afterwards but then you know you, you you sort of have to I guess the way I cope with embarrassment is um I sort of get to a point where i'm like okay well i can't let anyone else see that because if, if anyone else backstage sees that i'm i'm down about my match even if it was the smallest thing and it wasn't even that big and i go back on it now and i look at it and i'm like well that really wasn't that big of a deal um people still promoters if they see you like upset like that they'll start questioning whether it's a bad match or not and they'll start going okay well you know is this guy that good and then you, you get into that sort of wormhole so you sort of got a hot you got to. Hide that embarrassment a bit, especially if you're sort of someone like me who suffers from a bit of imposter syndrome when it comes to that afterwards. Okay. Okay.
2: What about you, Fergus? Yeah, I've had um, countless things just go wrong. It's why I like working as a heel because I can control the match. My biggest advice is just keep going, just make the river keep flowing. Because as soon as you like stop, something stuffed up big, people will know and catch on. Like I've had. Um. Oh,
0: yeah, I can hear you.
2: Oh, sweet. So, yeah, so like I was making my big return when I was doing the whole uh presidency angle, and the whole thing relied upon me being the first entrant in this gauntlet match. Seeing so, anyway, I'm about to come out, my music doesn't hit, someone else's music hits, and they just looked at me like, "What do I do?" I'm like, "Just go out. I'll cover for it." And then another show. Um, so I wrestled a um, no disqualification match. Against Delicious, we had a great match. And then after it, um, a wrestler interfered in the match. It was meant to lead into a tag team match. Got legitimately injured. Go to an intermission. And they're like, what do we do? What do we do? I'm like, I'll cover for it. And I just came out cut a promo saying, like, you know, he's been injured because of this reason. Because no one knew that something had, had gone wrong. And we just changed it to a handicap match on mm-hmm. the spot. It's just things because not to discredit – um any promotions or anything like that but obviously we don't have a huge production team like <laughs> wwe does we don't have a six second delay to cover for things going wrong we don't have a million backup microphones or especially do a lot of promos like i do so many things can go wrong like your audio cut out you just got to learn to cover with it it's just it's just pure chaos and not enjoy it because anything can happen yeah. when it's live and it's not like you just yeah. like it's not like filming a movie You're like oh cut we'll do another take like you got to keep going yeah yeah, gotcha, gotcha, and
0: and you know my next
2: question. You mentioned
0: that since since you you, you give me uh another question, I have another idea for that question. Is, okay, do you like to be a heel or be a face? Well,
1: I um I like I debuted as a baby face. I've only really ever been a baby face, and I think um I think that role kind of suits me all right for now. I mean, oh. I, I I don't know. Like, I think for me, like, I always, like, you know, I sort of envision what it would be like to be a heel and everything and sort of run it through. But, you know, as someone starting up, again, like Fergus was saying before, like, you know, a bit of insider, like, talk, I guess people, um, you know, heels control the match. So, like, you know, for me, like, starting up, it's probably better for me to take the lead of somebody else, be that baby face and sort of Try and you know I I don't know I've always I've always sort of worked better trying to get people to like me than to hate me but I think you know maybe maybe one day like it's always there and I, it's always a very integral part of wrestling to be able to try and work both but you know right now I'm a babyface and uh, it, the, the the pluses of being a babyface are like you know you're the one getting the photos with the kids afterwards you're the ones that the kids ask like you know oh like you know like ask how everything's going and you get to talk to them and sort of make that connection with them and that's and that's really such a cool and an important thing important role of being like a wrestler or you know and even to some people like a role model you know what i mean i'm not, like yeah. I'm, obviously they did you fucking what what crazy person would look at me as a role model <laughs> but but, <laughs> but like you know like uh that kind of thing that important sort of connection is, is, is what you get from it and that's that's something i wouldn't really like to trade off i kind of like you know i kind of like being the good guy in in the situation and being that situation uh, being that sort of person so yeah okay well anything you
2: want to add fergus not necessarily i started off my career working years uh, um, as a baby I said definitely the benefits you said to it and then if you're thinking well, why would you want to be a heel then if you get all this glory, like you sell more merch and things like that? Like, why would you want to be a heel? The trade-off you get, especially if a lot of steam to blow off this stuff outside of wrestling, you can pretty much say whatever you want to the general public. And so are people do sitting in a crowd. Like, what do they... They'll give it back to you and stuff, but it's a, a great outlet to get some frustration out. They're like, hey, we'll pay you. Go out and upset and annoy this crowd as much as you possibly can. <laughs> That's your role. And uh, I love it, like... Um, I wouldn't say I'm um, like, obviously like people like talking to you guys and stuff but I wouldn't say I'm a huge people person in general so by all means go get your photos with the faces and things like that and I'll be doing my thing off in the background so yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, ben- I believe MJF who is a heel now. I believe he he I see I see on TikTok for you are some videos that he make the you know me agree with the fans and but he, he was doing it in character as a heel and and both the little girl or the little boy flip each other off while taking a picture. Like literally <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like, flipping each other off i mean and I and you know MJ who's it? MJ I'm, I'm sure being a heel is pretty fun and also being a face as being fun too but because I would look at, like, I I don't know if you're you're a comic fan, like, you know, in a DC or Marvel comic fan, but, you know, for face as a superhero, which people get behind, you know, if that makes sense, or you as a feelings. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, like, for the most part, I think when you look at, like, like, someone like MJF, right? I mean, he's a perfect example of you know, like a a true heel, like there's people that, you know, there's different schools of thought, you know, especially in independent wrestling, which Mm -hmm. is not sort of, he's not really, he's not really an independent wrestler anymore. I mean, he's wrestling for TV and doing all that and signed. But, you know, when you look at these, like, you know, people who are like really, like really strong heels and they're really strong on the thought, the idea of, you know, never letting up character or never breaking kayfabe. um, Well, he, he's one of those guys that what comes from him is that like, you know, you always question this it's still that little bit of realism because he won't let you in. And that's a very important mystique to have. I think as a wrestler, especially on TV, um, even, you even in the independence as well. So I think what he's doing is sort of, you know, he's laying down an example for people to follow for years to come. And I, and I, I honestly look at that and I go, man, like I, probably if I had kids, I probably just wouldn't let him take photos of MJF. <laughs> like, like that's, that's, he's just good like that, man. He's, uh I, I think what he's doing is a service to the wrestling industry because, again, there's so many doubters, so many naysayers and whatnot. And those are just, that's all, all just stupid. It's all just like stupid logic and whatnot. I don't know. What do you think, Berg?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of um true believers out there, I'll say, like, you think almost everyone knows what's going on now. There's still people that watch it and what's being presented to them. They believe that's happening. Like if you've ever seen um, WWE has a huge fan base in India, you go in the comment sections, there'll be mostly Western fans talking about this guy's work rate isn't good. This guy's promo wasn't good. See so Indian fans are like, Oh, Roman Reigns only won because the Usos came out to help him. Oh, you should have put this hold on and you should have put this and you just let them enjoy. You don't want to be the person like, Oh, you know what's really going on. Don't you Like, there's so many people that I remember, um, I've had this happen a few times at my workplace. It's a lot of people, God bless them, know I do wrestling, but they don't really understand. And if someone said to me, oh, I had your match go. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I lost the match. They're like, oh, you really need to step your game up. Like, what happened? And I'd like, still be like, oh, you know, it is what it is. Like, I tried my best. Like, you don't want it to, like, pull the curtain back for people. that haven't ever pulled back for them yet. Put it that way.
0: All
2: right, all right. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, sure. now,
0: let me ask you this. Is there when you were watching professional wrestling you, when you decide you want to become a professional wrestler and when you start training, is there one certain bumps or certain move like may, let me give you an example? Me, maybe if I want to become a professional wrestler, and the one move I I'll be nervous about is the power driver. I mean, look at what happened with Stone Cold, the Power Driver. Um, mm-hmm. is there one specific move or bump you do not want to um go you you start uh,
2: Fergus? Um, sir. As I was saying before, I've never had any major injuries. And I've said to people that want to give me some ridiculous bumps through this match, they would be like, oh, yeah, I'll drop you on your head. Then you drop me in the head and then bump me onto the floor and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. I don't care if it gets me heat. As I said before, I've never had a serious injury. It doesn't mean I don't want to take bumps, but, like, work smarter, not harder. But um, there's a lot of moves that maybe don't look that painful on TV. And you take them, like, for example, the, um, the Finn Balor double stomp thing. I don't think that looks particularly great at times. It definitely doesn't feel great either. So I feel like the payoff with that, um, the fisherman suplex, I feel like any move where you're not doing a full bump to absorb the impact probably I, I think feels the most painful to me if we're trying to explain it because you you're don't you not absorbing the impact in like a hook move or something that makes the most sense. So, yeah, some moves are, I just feel like, not that I don't want to take them. I just think, like, it doesn't look that great and it's incredibly painful. So we'll do something else. But, yeah, once you know what you're doing, you just be like, look, we don't need to make, take 50 million bumps. Especially get there's people that are older or older than I am. Like, I'll work someone and be like, yeah, that's good. I'm not taking uh, many bumps. That's fine. We can work with it. Like, for example, I wrestle as a cowardly heel at um, Kingdom where I majority wrestling stuff it doesn't make sense for me to be going out there and like doing a million flips and bumps and things like that like you gotta play your gimmick to your to character which i think pays off to your longevity if you can you can do that without like killing yourself all the time yeah okay okay what about you echo
1: um yeah so i mean like for the like for the most part when it comes to like when it comes to like certain moves i mean i always thought like uh I always thought in my head, like I was like, well, you know, like there's a lot of, uh, how do I explain this? There's a lot of pressure, especially from when you first start. And Mm -hmm. I'm still sort of feeling this in a way of like people wanting to give, they do certain moves or do certain things and people that want to, you know, wrestle a bit crazier. And I'm I'm just lucky. I'm just lucky that I've had people like, you know, that have been in the business way longer than me going, you know, this is your body. Like, so first of all, this is your body, and you don't need to. You don't need to take this if you don't want to. And uh, that's been really awesome. And when it comes to moves that scare me. Like, you know, what I mean, there's there's fucking there's t- there's tons of moves that scare me. Like, still scare me today. Like, you know, yeah. pile driver. I wouldn't be necessarily happy on taking that. Canadian destroyer on the apron, probably not. Uh, <laughs> but there's like a few. There's obviously moves that you know, like I'm definitely you know, not really fond fond of taking, especially when, you know, especially if you haven't trained through it or walked through it. And some of the rest of the logic is sort of like, you know, get out there and do it and work and learn to work. And when it comes to that, sometimes, you know, if you don't have it in your tool belt yet, you need to – a good lesson that I've been taught is that you shouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, like, yeah, the Canadian Destroyer, like, you know, even just – Crazier move, crazier moves. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot, of big moves out there. Pi- any kind of pile driver, any kind of like you said, like hook move as well. Um, any kind of move where like you're sort of like you know diving to the outside. You know, like you know, if I, I'm not gonna do like a toe pace to a cedar, personally, like especially weighing 105 kilos. You know what I mean? Like it's just right. Yeah. So the few moves like that, really. Okay.
0: okay. Now.
1: Here's this question I want to ask
0: you two, and let's say you two, let's say the WWE sign you two or or sign both of you, or AEW or even New Japan Pro Wrestling. Is there any performers you want to work with to, to feel against, you know, feel with? Um,
1: and let start with you, Akil. Everyone, man. I mean, I mean, with the element that I'm with, with the element that I'm sort of going for right now with the character and everything, I sort of. I would like for something. I I would definitely. I I look up and I sort of fantasize at wrestling some of the good comedy guys, like, some of the comedy guys in England, even like you know, like like from Japan, like you know, like people like that, Kikataru, like, you know, Colt Cabana who's in AEW now, like people like that that are, you know, they really get the art out of making people laugh, making people happy, you know, like there's something like that is, the element of comedy is is something I I always. I always look at the comedy wrestlers first when I when I think about like dream matches and stuff. But I mean, you know, I think Brock Lesnar's definitely been on my radar for a long time. So you okay. know that maybe that match down the line as well.
2: Okay, okay, okay.
1: What? Um, hey, yep. Ferg. Uh, yeah.
2: Um. Retired? I know he's retired now, but I would like to wrestle with Jamie Noble. I think like we'd have a Good match, and a few things. The majority of Jamie Noble's work, and I loved his uh, his run in uh, 2002 or so. But with wrestling, there's some people I wouldn't say you weren't excited to work, you're like, Oh, I'm working this person, didn't expect that it's an amazing match. And then I've been the thing where I've been very excited to work someone. This has very often they had a, a very bad day and it didn't go to plan, so it's always a surprise because you think, Oh, you know, I'm excited to work for this guy, and then it doesn't turn out as good as you wanted, or you're like oh, I'm just working this guy. I wasn't expecting he to have an incredible match, so you don't really know what to expect. But, yeah, if I had to pick one person, Jamie Noble, I feel like we'd have a fun match.
0: Jamie Noble, okay, okay. Yeah. First, you know, first, to be honest with you, I thought you might say Brock Lesnar, too. too <laughs> or anything like that. But Jamie Noble, I, I <laughs> Jamie Noble. <laughs> I... I... I thought Jamie Nova, is underrated. Uh, he he's such a good performer. I remember back in I believe WCW days, the late WCW days before I closed in, Jamie uh, Noble, and then he had his little bit run in WWE as a with the cruiserweight. But what's that one girl? You, you, you Nidia. Nidia. Nidia, there you go. Nidia, which I thought their characters are pretty pretty underrated. Pretty well, you know. And let me ask you this: Who's your favorite? Character of all time, and we see great characters, the Undertaker, um King, you got the three voice, three faces of foolies. Who's your favorite character that inspire you that you want to be like, I don't know, your character that like, you know cut good promos or you know, play with the crowd, or make or make the crowd mad, whether you're a heel or a face, uh anything. uh who's your favorite character that really inspire you the most? Start with you, AKL.
1: Um. Well, there's a lot man there's a lot uh, I'm trying to think I mean realistically like I always liked uh, I always liked a lot of the like I, I don't like particularly enjoy the like the real goth gimmicks in wrestling but there's people like Christopher Daniels and stuff who's doing like the Fallen Angel thing uh, people with like a lot of weight to what they do like I mean the, outside of just the you know it's the 80s trying to get out there and do uh, do some moves. But, yeah, like, I think, you know, someone like, you know, Christopher Daniels, someone like a, um, even, like, Joe, like, Joe in TNA when he had that, like, you know, sadistic run when he was, like, when he had the knife and he was carrying the knife around everywhere. Just oh, yeah. simple plays like that. I mean, I like that a lot. And there's a lot of people, like, uh, I mean, look at, like, there's some fast, fantastic character wrestlers. Like, I mean, especially, like, for, like, more recently, I, like, I love... I love Elias and what he's doing right now. I love that kind of like what what this. You of, mean Ezekiel? It, oh yeah, Ezekiel, yeah, yeah. Well, I like <laughs> his brother too. I, I just, um, but yeah, people like that. And then also, I mean, uh, I'm also a sort of a a mark for like the for the older characters. So, mm. yeah, the Mountie is probably one of my favorite <laughs> '80s characters. That always, gets, always his gets his man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's classic.
2: Yeah well what about you fergus um yeah there's a characters uh, is my dad's favorite wrestler gold dust um so back when i started watching so late 2000, 2002 him and booker t were in a tag team they just had some absolutely hilarious moments i really love our truth uh comedy stuff A little bit underrated because most people have only see an uh like comedy stuff he had a fantastic uh heel run um with john cena and he's like yeah, Anyone remembers he smoked a cigarette in a, a stadium in the UK and really upset this woman? And who's was obviously K Quick, and he had a great run in TNA at the time. So, okay. in terms of just characters, guys, you Gold Goldust, Artrus, Santino. The um, in terms of just characters, yeah, people like that are really enjoy. I think they're really versatile.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
2: And now,
0: a couple more questions. Question number one I'm gonna list the wrestler name, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna name the wrestler. One wrestler at a time and you can tell me your thought on this wrestler, this specific wrestler. Let's start with um MJF. Go ahead, uh, AKL.
1: Um just a uh, classic. Classic is is the word to describe him. He's just got that sort of uh ability to just, you know, just just like detach and be that old school that old school heel, you know what I mean? Like that really good. Good quality, uh, something, something that today's wrestling's missing. You know, putting asses in seats. I guess MJF's yeah. one of those guys, just a perfect classic heel that you can just, just hate, and that's all you can do, hate. Hey, yeah.
0: What about you, uh, Fergus? Yeah, dedicated. dedicated, dedicated, Okay, okay. Another wrestler, Wally, Wally Piper. Go ahead, Fergus. You start.
2: Oh incredible. Um so when I first started I mean I still wrestle in that killed in some promotions, so he was just a, a fantastic heel. Um I remember when I wrestled one the matches and the fans came up to me and um made a compliment compared to Radio Ready Pipe and I was incredibly you're honored. It was just um also just an incredible heel like uh MJF is. Okay, okay. What about you? Yeah. Uh,
1: he's a mouth, and he's authentic and he's one of those guys that just he, he just knows how to draw heat completely and just uh, also for his look and everything back in the day like he wasn't you know he's one of those guys that made the most out of you know his body wasn't, wasn't like you know a Hogan level body but he made the most out of really getting people to despise him and yeah he's just uh, true and authentic
0: okay okay and and then one, Brett,
1: that hit man heart. Start with you, uh, Akeo. Yeah, technical, just technical was great, and just uh, almost that kind of guy that was, you know, it's it's like that meme man, like it's still real to him. You know what I mean? It's still real to him. Damn it, like he's very good at work and very good at everything. He, he's, you know, the, the staple of how to actually wrestle a complete match. You know, when you look back, you know encyclopedia of wrestling, you're not going to necessarily put Bret Hart up there for like character. You're going to put him up there for, you know, the, the technical ability and just the, the, the knowing, (laughs) like just, just full, full knowing, all knowing between the ropes, really. Okay.
2: What about you, um, Fergus? Yeah, just professional. Like he gets accused of being bitter a lot, but I could see it from his perspective. Like back in the day, it's no secret that WWF was just, a party haven. People are doing all sorts of things, not taking seriously. He's like, you know, I'm part of this lineage. I want to take this seriously. I want to be safe in the ring. And then he gets screwed around by things. He gets injured by someone that might not have been trained well enough. So I can see why he has a bit of perspective on things. But I'll just say, professionally, he took it very seriously. Like, this is a job I'm getting paid to do. I'll, I'll do it accordingly. And he was fantastic in the ring. Okay.
0: okay. And one last person, and I saved last... So he left for the best." He, sh- which as I, as I know, as I right now, I don't, I don't think he's in the whole of Fame, but he's one of the, well, I won't say popular star or anything, but the one, the only, the legendary, the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> mm-hmm. What
2: about you, Fergus? Oh, it's fantastic. He followed me on on Twitter at one point. Oh. with people that, um, you know, people make jokes about jobs and stuff or like enhancement talents. And the day, if you want to become a professional wrestler as your job, it's a job. People make jokes about, you know, people have been enhancement talents and stuff like. all my Meanwhile, they're living in mansions. They made quite a nice living off, uh, you know, the old pin me, pay me. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you, Echo?
1: Yeah, and I think he. Um, I think a lot of people go and like look at people like that and go, oh, like you know. They want it they want to criticize and be like oh you know like they never used him properly or or oh, they never used his full talent or they never had a run with him or whatever but he's just one of those guys man he's just one of those one of those workers that are in there and again yeah exactly right like he's pin me pay me he, hes he's living a good life everything else just a fun character you know what i mean like he just yeah. he's one of those guys that you'd see on like the, the third page of the fighter selection on like uh on like street fighter or something just like a like a random outlier character that's just got a bit of Got a bit of presence, got a bit of presence and got a bit of like, you know, an interesting sort of, yeah, just an interesting sort of look and appeal to him.
0: Okay. Okay. And last last question, even though maybe kind of like two, it's two questions in a sense, combo question. Is there any, whether it's, you know, WWE, the Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, or even Impact Wrestling or any other promotion, is there any performers you like to meet and any performers
1: you have met before? Um, uh, yeah, um, I think, uh, for, there's, there's a lot of people that I'd like to meet just in terms of like that. I mean, like if I got to sort of sit down and talk with like someone like Bret Hart, for example, and yeah. something I'm lacking or just show tape to someone that's like, you know, a lot better than me and has a better understanding, that'd be, that'd be awesome in terms of like, as a wrestler, as a fan, um, as a fan, someone like, you know, someone like Hogan, someone classic, like I, I like like just the way, just just how they were larger than life. I mean, you look at Hulk Hogan, for example. Someone I'd, someone I'd like love to just meet, you know, because it's just such a out there character, true larger than life. You know, him, Cena, you know, people like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. What about you, um, Fergus?
2: Yeah, I just like to meet and work with um, more wrestlers just uh, around Australia. So mostly, like I've had interstate wrestled in the state before but i mostly wrestle in either sydney region or hunter valley region i like to travel around more I'll get my name around australia that way if you're like traveling through like oh focus focus on this card i saw him wrestle in in canberra or in victoria or in in whatever place i'm going uh overseas for quite a while somewhat shortly so i'm having a break for wrestling because i don't want my luck to suddenly run out with the no injuries thing before i go overseas so yeah I really train Myself up to have a good uh, return to the ring once my holiday's up.
0: Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, anyways, uh, it's great talking to you both. We talk about great in depth professional wrestling. And you know what? I, let's make it this one last thing. If, if anyone who wants to become a professional wrestler, you, this is your opportunity
2: to give advice. What's the best advice you will give them? Start with you, Fergus. Uh, if, you, if you're not in good cardio shape you you thought about it you're impatient you're like oh i just want to get to it straight away depending how um your level of fitness are go join a gym just do cardio for say three months i know it sounds like a long time but you might be training for a year before you even get in the ring and you'll thank me later because they purposely make the cardio drills so people that don't take it seriously quit and you don't want to be there just exhausted Trying to find breath and stuff, so prepare yourself as much as possible, and you'll thank me later because I learned that the hard way and basically improved my cardio while I was there, and was a struggle. Okay, okay. Great what about points. you? What about you,
1: Echo? Um, yeah. Well, professional wrestling doesn't owe you anything. I think that's the biggest. Uh, I think that's the biggest lesson from a lot of wrestling. Uh, professional wrestling doesn't owe you anything. So when 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 I talk about that sort of statement, it's like you know, you might expect, you know, you might expect the world or you might be imagining the world in your head, but it's what you can give back to wrestling that really makes that, you know, experience and journey special. And also, I mean, you know, on that same statement, professional wrestling doesn't owe you anything. You got to also realize the sacrifice, you know, you might see it on TV and think it's cool, but I mean, like, it's whether you actually realize the sacrifice of what you're doing for your body. It really, where you realize you're going to wake up one day when you're 55 and be a bit sore and go, Oh man, I'm, um, yeah, man, I, I really totaled my body for professional wrestling, you know, but you didn't, you didn't, um, it, it wasn't something, it's it, you sh- something you should expect. It's something you should understand that it's, you know, being a wrestler, isn't just about the fun and games and the big entrances and everything else. It's, it's, it's about getting in there and really just, you know, realizing that sacrifice of what's going to happen. Because any wrong moment, something something could happen and it, it, it's, it's life-altering. So the people that really, 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 really love it, you know, they'll stick by and they'll understand. But for some people that, you know, it's a bit of a pipe dream for them, you know, they'll, they'll realize in the first couple of months of training that, you know, at the end of the day, it's not always – sunshine and roses like it's a it's a big deal it's a, it's a playing a big part in a community picture and and that's what the real service and gift of wrestling is
0: definitely definitely well it's great talking to you we talk great discussion regarding professional wrestling and 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 you're both welcome to come back if you're up to it yeah hell yeah, hell yeah. anytime yeah. man no, no problem no problem and is there anything you want to plug in like youtube or podcast,
1: or anything like that? Um, yeah. I mean, Life of Akil every uh, is going to come back every Tuesday soon. Uh, I'll be wrestling uh, a few different places June 11th. Uh, if you're in the uh, Sydney area, June 11th, uh, the Great Aussie Rumble. We're going to have a big rumble. It's going to be at Erskine Park Community Hall in West Sydney. Um, and then also, there's a few other promotions like... My mind have been looking at the moment. I mean, Yo Loco. You know, there's a new Mexican restaurant popping up, and they're doing wrestling every every week. Basically, uh, it's fun time. So if you ever want to get down there, I might be there in a taco suit. I might be doing something else. Um, but yeah, so there's there's that, and then of course just my YouTube, which is just AKL. You can find it there. So yeah. Okay. What
2: about you, Fergus? No, you're nothing to plug. As I said, I'm on a hi- hiatus to uh, plug my big return later in the year. But...
0: Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Sound good, sound good. And you can follow me on Instagram, p2h02. Uh, I will say follow me on Twitter, but Fergus knows about my Twitter situation.
2: <laughs> or maybe Elon Musk can bail you yeah, out. That, that's how it's going to go through today, isn't it? Well,
0: maybe. <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, put, put hashtag save pdh10. There you go. <laughs> but
1: yeah,
0: there you go, yeah. But f- follow me on Instagram, pdh 2 That's what I'm posting nowadays. Um, and plus Let's Talk Podcast has a Facebook page. I post new episode. and I know new guests or any Let's Talk Podcast it. Check it out. Uh, also, Let's Talk Podcast is available from all nine different pra- f- platforms, such which you can listen to all the episodes, including this episode from nine different platforms, such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. The next sex talk podcast, I'm thinking do it tomorrow night, going solo, which I want to talk about my experience in when I attend to at El Paso Comic Con uh, this past Saturday. So I'm going to talk about my experience and I get to meet cool future guests. I will discuss about that tomorrow night. Also, oh. Saturday this Saturday night, when my old friend Danny will make his return to, to my podcast this Saturday, this Saturday night. We're going to talk about, he could pretty much gonna talk about, um, Garnie, he had COVID last year, late last year, he experienced dealing with COVID and much, much more. So stay tuned for this Saturday night on Let's Talk podcast. So, everyone, stay safe. Um, have a good night, everyone. And just remember, as Hulk Hogan used to say, Take, take say your prayer. Take your fighter, man, brother. <laughs> I have to, I have to, man. But anyways, have a good night, everyone. You too. Stay safe. Have a good night, and talk to you tomorrow night on that star podcast. Peace out, everyone.
2: Peace out. See ya, Thanks for having me. Thanks, brother.